Travis Wingfield. I'm ready to go in, coach. Just give me a chance. I know there's a lot riding on it, but it's all psychological. Just got to stay in a positive frame of mind. You are Locked On Dolphin, your daily podcast on the Miami Dolphins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Miami! What is up, Dolphins, and welcome into the Thursday, February the 22nd edition of the Locked On Dolphins podcast. I am your host, Travis Wingfield, and I'm here to bring you your daily dose of Miami Dolphins football. And on today's show, under the radar players for Miami in 2018, and Mike Pouncey is reportedly coming back to the team in 2018. Is this true, or is it just lip service until they find a better option? We'll discuss that. And we jump into some more concerning data regarding Matt Burke's personnel packages in 2017. And the first of five scouting report manifestos on everybody's favorite player, Ryan Tannehill, is up on LockedOnDolphins.com right now. We will get into that. But first, as you guys know by now, I have to ask you to go ahead and subscribe to the show. Give us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Helps the podcast out more than you could ever know. Give me a follow on Twitter at WingfieldNFL. Follow the show at LockedOnFins. And of course, like I mentioned, check out LockedOnDolphins.com for tons and tons of good written Dolphins content right now. We are destroying numbers from last year before I took over Locked On Dolphins, and we are up near the top of the entire network in terms of page views. So you guys have done an awesome job of supporting us in that way. So thank you all for being such great fans. And lastly, check out the other Locked On Sports podcasts like the Locked On Heat podcast and Locked On NFL podcast for all the local and national coverage of your favorite teams. We have a few topics, a shorter show today. Let's go ahead and get right into things here on the Locked On Dolphins podcast on first down. That's another Miami Dolphins. And it is first down here on the Locked On Dolphins podcast. And the first topic I wanted to talk about was kind of trying to look at some players that no one else is really talking about or even considering in terms of the Dolphins roster and some of the depths and some of the players they have and what you can develop beyond just the guys that are high draft picks or guys that are big priced free agents. Because the fact of the matter is that The majority of your roster is made up from guys that are drafted on day three or guys that are unsigned free agents, guys that are lower level players that don't get a lot of publicity. They go to work every day and grind without the notoriety. They can probably walk down the street and not even get recognized on most days in their own cities. And it's an area the Dolphins have kind of struggled in in recent years. They've had guys that can contribute on special teams, but not a lot of guys that can give you whether it's 30, 40, 50% of the snaps on defense, not a lot of guys that can give you quality reps on defense or offense and give a give you a good performance from a guy that wasn't projected to be a starter or even a contributor in the NFL. And I have a list here. I'm going to go ahead and just go down that and talk briefly about each guy and how I feel about them. And the first one up is Vincent Taylor, who rated fantastically on profootballfocus.com, our sponsor here on the podcast, one of our sponsors. And the way he was able to just stuff the run consistently on a limited basis, he's a big body, tough to move, a guy that can do a lot of good work next to Ndamukong Sue and try to free up some one-on-one matchups there. So I think that him and Jordan Phillips and Devon Gotcha, I've talked about it a lot, those guys get a lot of publicity as guys that gave you good reps last year. But Vincent Taylor in limited action was very, very good too. So I'm really excited to see where he goes in year two coming off of an injury. I believe it was the Kansas City game he got hurt. So we'll see if he can come back healthy in year two and give you some more good football there. Tight end A.J. Derby was a late add from the Denver Broncos in the season. He got some action in that Kansas City game as well. The Dolphins seemed really hell-bent on throwing him some balls into one-on-one coverage into the end zone down in the red area. But he's a guy that Adam Gaze worked with back in Denver in his time there. He was drafted by the 
New England Patriots of all teams. So he's been around a few teams in the league so far, but he has the ability to be kind of a flex player, a guy that can detach from the line of scrimmage and play a tight end out wide. So we'll see what happens with Derby. Next man up is Eric Smith. He played right tackle in the preseason, was an undrafted free agent again last year. And he was a guy that was getting some good quality reps in the preseason, looked pretty good, but then he suffered an injury and they couldn't really do much with him after that point. So I think Smith, at least going into camp, is in the conversation for a possible swing tackle, which can make allow you to move on from someone like Sam Young. So we'll see what happens with him also. Maurice Smith, the safety, the undrafted safety from last year that performed brilliantly in the preseason, in my opinion, had some reps in the Oakland game on the Sunday night primetime game, and he looked pretty good in that one, but he got hurt as well, put on IR, didn't get to play any further than that. Continuing that theme of undrafted players, Chase Allen, the linebacker, got the most work of anybody on this list last year, and he looked good in limited reps and limited opportunities, but he's a guy that can play the run very well. Maybe even fill out that Ray Maluga role from last year, that B-gap to B-gap run defender, a guy that can give you 30% of the reps every game and throughout the course of the season. Next one's a defensive end that had a good bull rush and the limited chances that he had. Cameron Malvo, he wore number 75, really a weird look for a defensive end, but he's a guy that had some good reps late in the year too. He could work into the rotation this year if the Dolphins were to lose someone like William Hayes as well as Terrence Fade, who is next on the list. Terrence Fade, a four-year player out of the seventh round out of, I think it was Marist was the place he got drafted from. A really good contributor in the terms of where he was drafted for the production that he gave you. A good special team player despite that one major gaffe he had back in 2016 against Cincinnati when he roughed the punter pretty badly there. But he's a guy that never really put it all together as a pass rusher, never really developed one dominant trait, but he was a guy that can give you depth and give you a few snaps and a pinch when you need him to. So I don't know if he's going to be back with the Miami Dolphins. That's why I'm kind of concerned about putting him on this list. I could see him getting a contract elsewhere. Not in the same way Derek Shelby did a few years ago, leaving Miami, but maybe a little bit lesser so there. And the Dolphins may be less inclined to pay for a player like Fade. That you're really going to try to hope that you get more out of what he can be with the contract moving forward. And then the last one is the cornerback, Torrey McTire. Got some action late in the year. He was another one of those undrafted guys. Got some action in preseason. Looked pretty good. You always wonder who was that guy. Went number five out there. I think he was in the preseason, but he got some reps late in the year. Looked pretty good there as well. So these are the guys that can kind of be the glue to your team. When I talk about glue, the guys that really hold things together, they're not the superstars. They're not the Ndamukong Suze, the Cameron Wakes, the Rashad Jones that really make your team pop and give you the public notoriety. These are the guys that make things easier on everybody else. They just do their job. No, don't do anything necessarily spectacular, but they don't mess up. And that's such a big thing in the NFL. Don't make mistakes. So some good names there to look at. You know, it's, like I said, more than just your first and second round draft pick or your highest free agent that you buy on the market, there's going to be lots of guys that contribute that the national media or most fans don't know about. So keep an eye on those guys. We'll talk more about them down the line in this podcast. Plenty to get to in the Lockdown Dolphins podcast at Wingfield NFL at Locked On Fins on Twitter. We have more stuff coming on the show, including some stuff about Mike Pouncey and the offensive line here on the Locked On Dolphins podcast. I've been talking about LockedOnDolphins.com. We'll be getting to more of that later in regards to the Ryan Tannehill piece. But yesterday I had a piece up talking about the offensive line and building it around Ryan Tannehill. And one of the key cogs of that entire piece was talking about Mike Pouncey and what he has kind of become at this point of his career. And one of the notes I keep seeing on Twitter as well, Mike Pouncey finally gave us 16 games this year. And if that's the best thing you can say about a guy, what does that really mean in terms of what he is? I mean, if your best quality is the fact that you show up to work and were able to play, 
I don't think that you're a good player. And Mike Pouncey, one of his biggest problems was that he only practiced once a week at best because they had to kind of nurse that hip. And that was the plan going into the year. They said, we're going to do whatever we have to do. We're going to bubble wrap this guy, make sure he can play on Sundays. And they did that successfully, but his play really, really suffered from it. He can't hit those reach blocks anymore. He's not as good in space. He kind of just tries to cut block guys at certain times. Not going to physically dominate anyone. Never been that kind of a player in the past. But his run blocking was so bad. His pass protection, PFF, says that he was pretty good in it. I, you know, I have to go back and look at it closer. But I know that his run blocking was really atrocious. And his holding penalties seemed to kill so many crucial drives at crucial moments throughout the course of the year. So that's got to get better. And I just... It makes me wonder that they, they have been adamant about saying how great Mike Pouncey was, how good his film was, how it was the best year of his career is what he said, which is astronomically insane to me. But that's what they're saying. That's what they're preaching. They put it out there through Armando Salguero that he was going to be back at the $9 million cap figure. No restructuring, no cutting, none of that, which, you know, Salguero has been kind of a mouthpiece for the team over the years. So if that's what they want the media to assume, that's a good way to go ahead and do it. And that's kind of where I think they're going with that. I think that Mike Pouncey might be option B in regards to what they do at the center position. In that piece on LockedOnDolphins.com, I talked about the amount of centers that are possibly available, whether it's the big prize guy, Ryan Jensen out of Baltimore, whether it's the Giants, Weston Weston Richburg, easy for me to say, on a smaller level contract coming over from the Giants, or the draft with Ohio State's Billy Price, Iowa's James Daniels, Arkansas's Frank Ragnow. There are so many guys you can look at as possible starters as rookies or as free agents in 2018. So I think that you keep Mike Pouncey around because that that cap figure does not get reduced until June 1 anyway. You can go ahead and hang on to him, and if you strike out in free agency, you can try again in the draft, and then at that point you go ahead and find your guy. You can cut Mike Pouncey loose, save that money, save some of that cap relief. If you can't do that, you can keep him on board and maybe ask him to take a little bit of a pay cut and keep him on as your starting center in 2018. But it just gives you a couple of options and avenues to go ahead and pursue that way. And I thought that's what I'm really hoping for because, man, 2017 was not nice to Mike Pouncey. Moving on to the defensive side of the football here on the Locked On Dolphins podcast, talking about one of the things that I have been harping on all offseason, or I guess throughout the course of the end of the season as well, is the fact that the Dolphins need to go to more defensive backs on the field. And this idea has been kind of pioneered by Chris Coffin, my guest from a few weeks back. He is at CK Parrot on Twitter. You guys all know him very well. A football analyst held in rather high regard. But he talked about the fact that the New England Patriots ran 991 snaps on defense with a player covering the slot and 945 of those snaps we're covered in the slot by defensive backs. That is a 95.3% rate there. So pretty much every snap they had a player in the slot, it was a defensive back, not a linebacker like Kiko Alonso, who just played that middle role so often where his responsibility is to kind of carry his zone up the hash mark, up to a certain landmark, and then try to find work. And he was always either too deep or too far to one side. And then when a player caught a pass in front of him, like a crossing route, or, you know, the drive concept where you try to drive the linebacker out of his zone and then leak another player underneath that with another crossing route, he would see those passes get caught right in front of him and then just get completely embarrassed and have his jockstrap left on the field in those plays. So the Dolphins refused to get out of that package or maybe not refuse, that's the wrong word to use there, but they ran linebackers in that role far too often. Of their 693 snaps in the slot, 532 were defensive backs. That is 76.8%. So 
almost a full 20% lower than the New England Patriots, who consistently have one of the best defenses in the league or coached by one of the best defensive geniuses of all time. And then you have Matt Burke out here running that type of stuff. So somebody asked me on Twitter today, what are my thoughts on Matt Burke's rookie year? I thought it was really bad. You know, I wasn't sad to see Vance Joseph go because of how bad the defense was in 2016, but then you get Matt Burke in here, and it was the same problem. It was the wrong personnel being used. He didn't get Charles Harris enough reps early in the year, in my opinion. He ran these funky packages with fewer DBs in the field than he should have. Bobby McCain should be on the field almost every play, in my opinion. So he has a long way to go. I'm not going to cut bait on him after one year. He's a very young coach. Adam Gaze handpicked him, so I trust him in that sense. I think he'll get better. I think he's recognized some of these things. He's talked about it in the media. So we have a chance to get better there. But that's just kind of an alarming stat to look at and something I wanted to give to you guys because that's kind of where my thoughts at in terms of drafting a guy like Derwin James or maybe even Denzel Ward in that first round, a cornerback or a safety, a guy that can get you more defensive backs on the field and covering the slot better. So let's get that handled here really quickly. I have one more segment here on the podcast for you guys in the shortened podcast. Not a lot of content right now, so I'm kind of trying to generate my own content for you guys. But we're going to talk about the Ryan Tannehill project in 2012 coming up next on the Lockdown Dolphins podcast at Wingfield NFL at Lockdown Fins. So real quick before we get out of here on tonight's show, guys, I want to just talk about this piece up on LockedOnDolphins.com talking about Ryan Tannehill's 2012 season, his rookie year where the volume numbers are not that good. And I just kind of went through and watched every single game, every single throw. I charted every single pass. There is a really beautiful graphic up there right now on the post that shows all the accuracy from play action, from inside the pocket, from outside the pocket, from deep down the field against pressure on third down and four, third and five to nine, third down 10 plus how many sacks he took that were his fault, how many interceptions were his own fault based on bad reads or bad accuracy. Everything you can want to know about Ryan Tannehill's rookie season is in that piece. Tons of gifs, scouting reports. I went into weaknesses, which people seem to think I don't do very often, but there are plenty of weaknesses in that piece for you guys. So check it out right now on LockedOnDolphins.com. Tons and tons of good content for you guys. So let's go ahead and put a bow on this podcast. That is going to do it for tonight's podcast. Be sure to subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a rating and review. And check out the other Locked On Sports family of podcasts for all your local and national coverage of your favorite teams. Give me a follow on Twitter at NFL. Follow the show at Locked On Fins. The Locked On NFL network is on Facebook as well as our Twitter page at Locked On NFL. And check out LockedOnDolphins.com for that Ryan Tannehill piece up live right now. We'll be back on Sunday night slash Monday morning for another edition of the Locked On Dolphins podcast, your daily dose for Miami Dolphins football.